Hello dreamers and action takers welcome to another episode of the Want Money Got Money podcast my guest today is Steve Leclerc and Steve is a wealth manager currently based in Florida Steve was recognized by Forbes in 2019 as one of the top financial advisors in Ohio His um financial services career actually began in 2002 when he formed a team that focuses on financial well-being of retirees, multi-generational families and closely held businesses. Steve helps families by focusing on five core strategies: wealth preservation, cash flow maximization, tax efficiency, legacy planning and philanthropy. His team assists businesses with a range of needs including banking, business transaction planning and capital markets. For this episode I have done things slightly differently. I have left some of my conversation with him even before I started the podcast recording. We had a very interesting conversation that touched on all sorts of things such as influencer marketing and making content and all sorts of things that are relevant to any founder to any tech startup founder. So I wanted to leave these things in it and Steve himself has built an amazing content driven strategy for his firm. Our conversation starts with talking about social media and where I'm seeing growth on social media. The fastest growth I have seen is on the TikTok side. It is absolutely insane. Sometimes I can get I just started a month ago and in a month I got 80,000 plus views which is insane. Absolutely. That is insane. insane. And and you I know, just talk about startups. I do no dances. I, I don't have that skill. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. do anything. Just tech startups. That's it. <laughs> Sam, it's absolutely amazing to me. And this is what I love about the world because we live in this time where a person with an idea the the barrier of entry which is yes. typically capital right the barrier of entry on so many businesses yes. are so low yes and for Absolutely. somebody to go out there and to start something up in this idea and to go from a concept to a reality to it's a major business yes. it's never been faster in history and it's just awesome just it absolutely is. awesome it is it is and so many people are now making their careers on every platform doesn't matter it's youtube or tiktok or twitter or linkedin people are making their careers and millions not not hundreds of thousands in millions in millions people. yeah yes. that's why it, i i laugh a little bit because there's these people that want to bash like the kardashians and they're like they have no talent and i'm like wait a second there wasn't oh, something called the, the social influencer they created yes. that and they yes. absolutely turned the advertising world upside down yeah absolutely upside down I'm like yeah. how how's that not talent <laughs> it's not only that ask someone to go and acquire 100 followers on any platform and then see yeah. how what skill you have is to acquire users and that's what they are or acquire readers for a magazine it is the same skill required and they have managed to capture attention and engagement in a way that most people cannot for kim kardashian they get for they get paid more for one instagram post then making the whole series of whatever the living with card whatever the card Oh yeah is. yeah yeah so so they get more paid more for per post i know um someone in new zealand she started her fitness brand and she hired one of the kardashian sisters or for 
to put out a post she had to pay like something like crazy like 2 million dollars or something for one post but <laughs> her company took off and she got to i don't know something like 3 million in sales just from that one post and then a lot of them became ongoing customers and she built a 30 million dollar company from one post wow. so it is amazing it is next level stuff <laughs> absolutely absolutely and, and this is going from zero to that in a year and and that's possible and you can be based in a remote part of the world and serve the whole world doing this sort of a thing so absolutely it is and real it has brought the world together as well too you just start looking this is so cool i'm i'm actually in miami right now you're in new zealand yes you're, oh, <laughs> you're I on didn't the next know. i thought you're in ohio and i was wondering that I, doesn't look very well, bright. it looks <laughs> with the, this whole work from home type of environment we we're like hey why do we want a winter in ohio when we could winter in florida so exactly like <laughs> oh you won't believe how many americans are here in new zealand right now you just yeah. won't believe it is so popular yeah. um, i and have met met few like limited partners like lps and and gps and stuff of big vc firms multi billion dollar ones in new zealand at an event and i'm like how is this possible they say oh yeah we got our visa in 2016 because they knew that some black swan event is coming in the next 4 years because of yeah. how the country was going I, i don't mean only red or blue it's just that yeah. there was a lot of division so there's whenever there is that sort of a thing a black swan event will come they don't know whether it would be a nuclear war or or they had no idea about a pandemic Right. but something is coming they knew that so they got their passport sorted out get a new zealand passport back then <laughs> in 2015 mm-hmm. yeah. um, there is a company I, here that makes that specializes in making bunkers for billionaires <laughs> <laughs> that's a thing they have lots of places so they have a massive mansion on the top and underground they will have a cellar and a bunker and everything <laughs> <laughs> well maybe see maybe that's our problem we haven't uh, we haven't put a bunker in yet that's why we haven't hit that billionaire spa- status yeah. <laughs> you know we, we put in the bunker it's it's like a guarantee <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's the new cloud thing <laughs> you've got a bunker it's no yes you got it <laughs> it's no longer a, it's no longer a mansion in the Hamptons. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love though how you mentioned the Black Swan event. And <laughs> it's it Black Swan back to the financial crisis is one of those terms that suddenly everybody became aware of. But what always has made me chuckle a little bit is the Black Swan and the definition that people put on it is two totally different things from what the author of the book the Black Swan intended. You hit it spot on. The Black Swan events going to occur. but you can't predict exactly when or yeah. what it is it's yeah. something totally out of the blue and it's amazing because you think of like where we are in this covid world and just say we're we're post one year uh, a year ago 13 14 months ago nobody in the world would have ever ever guessed something like this would have happened yes ever <laughs> Absolutely. And for people in in New Zealand because we have been it's been months and months since there's been a covid casualty. There's been months and months since there's been community transmission. It's been like it's been normal for so long that people have completely forgotten in New Zealand that covid exists outside wow. and it's a different <laughs> world. Kids have been in school for the last 6 7 months. 
like it's been crazy. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. definitely not the U.S. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, most of U.S. is not alone. Most of the world is in that same boat. Most yeah. of Europe, most of a lot of, but Asia not so much. And I don't know. Taiwan is very similar to to New Zealand as well, and Vietnam, and few of those places okay. are very yeah. similar to New Zealand, but not to this extent. New Zealand has the geography advantage as well. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. A little more remote. A little more isolated. <laughs> yes, and anyone who comes in, they are in a military guarded two weeks quarantine. Whether you've got COVID or no COVID, mm. that's you just have to spend two weeks. But as soon as you finish two weeks, that's it. You are completely free. Domestic tourism has been co- completely back, <laughs> and, huh. and everything has been back for so many months now. Everything has been normal. No one has to wear masks. No one has to practice social distancing. It's great. <laughs> I-, I think I'm going to book my ticket. You sold me. <laughs> <laughs> You just had to spend two weeks, but that's, and yeah. So yeah, first of all, welcome. Welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Tell me a bit about what you're up to these days. You've done um, so many interesting things in your career, but what's, yeah. What are you excited about these days? Oh, you, you know, Sam, it's a great question. I'm actually excited about a lot of things. And and as we discussed, you know, I am based here in the United States. And it's we came out of this 2020, and there's so many people who are like, good riddance to 2020. And I started a, a podcast in, in the March timeframe. And one of my first guests on there, he said something that really resonated with me. And the term has just stuck with me since that time. He said, Steve, you can merely survive or you can thrive. And it's a choice. And in 2020, we really buckled down. We jumped into the deep end of the pool with so, with uh, social media and with a bunch of our marketing and really taking digital tools and changing our business. As simplistic as it sounds, is in the world of financial advisory and wealth management, as I was just doing basic research, going on to LinkedIn, going on to Instagram, going on to YouTube and searching for the terms financial advisor, wealth management. What I had noticed was like, the industry has completely ignored those platforms, completely ignored those platforms. And so I looked at it and I was like, it's not like this is a novel idea, but I could start hiring people and I could start throwing resources into maximizing these these, uh, social media tools. And that's what we did. And I went from being a just average LinkedIn profile. to I'm one of the most actively searched financial advisors in the United States. And when you look at my posts, it's so cool, Sam. And when you look at my posts, and I I work with this company out of San Francisco that produces this content, my posts, the number of views that I get is just mind-numbing to me. Pre this social media campaign, if I posted something and I got 200 people to look at it, boy, I was patting myself on the back. I thought I was like a huge champion. If I'm not over 100,000 views on a post today, I'm like, man, we ruined it. We, we really blew it on that one. That one just wasn't very good. And so it's a completely different metric. And I think 12 months from now, 24 months from now, I'm not going to use that term 100,000. It's probably yeah. going to be 500,000. And there'll be a day where I say it's a million. Oh, we didn't get a million views. Boy, that was just a bad one, wasn't it? And so it's just, it's really cool. So when you talk about what am I excited about, what really keeps me going and energized is we just took these simple platforms. We partnered with a firm who was an expert on it. We started producing this content. We're continually showing value out to the marketplace. And now this, not only is this profile active, so it's not a popularity contest, the number of people who are proactively reaching out, 
contacting us. They want a meeting with us. And in a lot of those circumstances, we're purely playing a, a matchmaker saying, hey, you know what? You've got a problem here. This is good. You got, and, and we know where the solutions are. They're not with us. They're over here. But it's just cool. So it's, we've never had more opportunity in front of us than where we are right now. And so coming back to my comments is with that thrival versus survival, it, 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 we live in this world where it's almost politically incorrect to say 2020 was a good year for us. The reality was it was a good year for us. Exactly. Same for me. Yeah. It's amazing. I've made more progress in 2020 than the 18 years before. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like not good riddance. I'm like, man, we crushed it. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It has been very challenging for some people. But once again, it does come down to, yes, as long as you're alive and healthy, then then do something about it. Your life has given you Correct. lemon lemons let's make lemonade let's make the lemonade stand let's make a brand on lemonades and make it the biggest brand that rivals coke that's my philosophy these days i'm totally with you sam and i also say i'm very fortunate because the way my mind works and the way that i think it works in society today and so is this the mind that would have been able to thrive say 100 200 or a thousand years ago Probably not, but it's just, it, it fits really well today. And, and in the future, a hundred years from now, I don't know if my type of thinking will be the thinking that really pulls you forward, but it, yeah. it does. So I'm very thankful for it. I was blessed with this mind and I was blessed with creating ideas that work well in society today. Yeah. That That is really good. The, the thing I like about you is that you are not afraid to make content. You're not afraid to put yourself out there. And as you yeah. say that a thousand years ago, you people are like really scared that they will be ostracized from their own community. And that was the big thing. And that's why everyone is afraid to stand out. And even now, like public speaking is a big Mm -hmm. fear to be in front of camera is a big fear for a large number of people. And, And that's why whenever you put yourself out, there are trolls. There are people who are going to disagree with you and, and all that. And it is a emotional cost for a lot of people. But for people like you and I, we are somehow okay in most parts or in 99% of cases with that. And you have to be that to, to be able to have that sort of impact. And it's the same thing as if you had to pay Google for every single view that you get today, how many hundreds of thousands would you paying them every month? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, 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 You're right. You're right. You're right. And, and Sam, there's a couple of things that really start to come out from this is when I just start to think about people and like taking risks out there, everybody's afraid of making a mistake. And, and one of my views in life is you try something and if it doesn't work, is it a mistake? And if the answer is, and, and after you analyze it, okay, here's what I had done. And if I had to make this deci- those decisions all over again, if you would have made the same decisions and had the same outcome, How's it a mistake? It just didn't work. And I think people get caught up on that. And then as you mentioned with like public speaking and going on camera, I'm sure you had the same type of results that I had from the beginning or the same thoughts. Everybody's worried about stuttering and stammering and saying, and it's, oh, I got to have this perfect or I didn't enunciate that word. We need to record it all over again. And the reality is that's not what resonates with people. People want real conversation. They understand that you're going to stammer and say, and so the more that you do this and the more that you become real and authentic, people like yeah. you. And those, those actually get better views. And exactly. what I've noticed than when I've gone in the beginning and try to make everything perfect. Oh, 
cut. We got to start this one over. That's very true. I I couldn't agree with you. And then the other thing is just, it comes down to initial stages to quantity, not quality, because quantity improves the quality, the more you do it. It's just like people saying that I want to play guitar, but I will never touch it until I can play the best I could play like Led Zeppelin or something. It doesn't yeah. work like that. You have to practice no. to get to that level. <laughs> and and then- Yeah, absolutely. So throughout all the businesses I've been involved in, and you and I, right before we hit the record button, we were just chatting. And, and one of the things I'd mentioned is, hey, Sam, you produced about 50 podcasts. And the first 40, they were lousy, man. I didn't know what I was doing. I was worried about hitting the record button, this, that. And, and it's the reality is I'd never done it before. I had to try it. And you have to get into a rhythm with it. And once you start yeah. to get into the rhythm with it, the, the way that you talk, the way that you answer the questions, it all just becomes better. But to have this expectation that you're going to be the expert and like your, your example of you're going to start playing Led Zeppelin on day one with the guitar, it's just not realistic. Not realistic at all, man. Yeah, very true. And the thing is, first... 2025 podcast i used to have a set questionnaire and i used to try and go and now it's no longer now it's just a comfortable natural organic conversation and and just see where it goes but all that comes as you said with with experience and with doing that and just talking and meeting people and and understanding and listening in listening in listening because it should be an authentic conversation like the way that i view it today is we should sound like we're sitting in the backyard together having a beer yes. and meeting at a barbecue for the first time so exactly it's exactly very true i have a question about raymond james so tell me a bit about your current company what does it do and how does it help people and what sort of people does it help yeah yeah it's a great question so i i moved my my financial advisory and my wealth management practice to raymond james in october of, of 2019 so we start thinking about the timing of this is i had worked for another large global wealth management firm actually the largest global wealth management firm for, or 17 years prior to that so taking that leap from what was comfortable into a brand new platform and leaving everything behind was this huge leap of faith because also with my employment contract sam was I was prohibited from taking any information with me. No clients' names, yeah. phone numbers, nothing. So I had to memorize everything in my head. And, and my couple assistants on my team, they had to memorize everything on their head. And so we joined Raymond James. And Raymond James is a, a wealth management firm. And the reason why we chose it was simply because of the culture and the people. And it's a culture of yes, and it's a culture of trying to build for the clients. And so when we looked at our business, and most of my clients, they or they were driven business owners, they, the culture matched up with ours. And then it, it provided me the platform. It provided me the place where I could house the client's assets, but I could manage the business and I could do it in a clean and compliant way where it was my view on financial services. It was my view on wealth management. It wasn't the organizations. And that's a huge difference within the wealth management industry is those companies that give you the autonomy and allow you to to use their platforms and to build the business that you see versus those firms where it's, no, this is our business and you're just a record keeper. Yeah. Yeah. And so you help your clients who are mostly all sort of business owners with wealth mm-hmm. management. Do you, how, how do you help them? Do you help them find investment opportunities or do you give them just advice or consulting services? How does it work? Yeah, it's a wonderful question. And wealth management to me, I'm, I'm a very like methodical person and I think yes. in formulas. So I always talk in like one, two, three. And so I say there's five things that we focus on. 
investment management, investment consulting, all financial advisors, all wealth managers are going to do that. And to be frank with you is some wealth managers are better at managing money than others. But when you look at the industry, only 7% of the actual wealth management industry goes beyond investment consulting. And so where I spend most of my time is on these items I call one through four. So it's tax mitigation, it's protecting the family, protecting the business assets, and it's uh, charitable giving. And so the tax mitigation, that's actually probably where the vast majority of my time goes. So while I was with my predecessor company, I happened to get a niche in a section of the U.S. tax code called 1042. And yep. not to be too nerdy with it, it's essentially, it's a, it's a part of the tax code that allows a business to sell itself. And when the share, shareholders do, they have the opportunity to defer the capital gains on the sale of the company. So when you're talking to business owners and you're like, hey, would you like to sell the company, get liquidity, still maintain control and not pay taxes? Obviously, you're like, well. Oh, Got my attention on that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. I spent a about a decade on the road where I was talking more about this tax mitigation strategies than I were I was on other wealth management strategies. And frankly, during that time period, I sounded yes. more like an investment banker than a wealth manager, just simply because we were I was always working on the business transaction. It was the sale of a company. Yep. Yep. Oh, that's great. Just a, just a fun fact, in New Zealand, there is no capital gains tax. Oh, we got to start so, moving things over there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have to do any of these circling around. <laughs> <laughs> and, and few other things like stamp duty and lots of other things. But there is a, there's a negative effect of that in New Zealand is that everyone just invests in property and it doesn't the money doesn't flow because property mm. has done so well and so many people have wanted to move here <laughs> that it, it is a bit like yeah because then you get such huge capital gain and mm. that is not taxed at all whereas so then no one wants to invest in more productive sectors startups or businesses and all those sort of things and so yeah. that is the side effect yeah because, actually it's because because equities it's kind of... pay dividends and then dividends are then taxed and all that so i, I lived in the bay area for a couple of years Yes. And so I moved from Columbus out to the Bay Area, and it was really to get exposure within the tech markets and within the, yes. the high growth. And it was a ton of fun because when you start to look at it, the 40 square miles of the yes. Bay Area, there's that is where the world's economic growth really comes from. It's just yeah. it's mind-numbing. It's absolutely yeah. mind-numbing. But you're right. It was strange when I first came there because I, I actually grew up in Denver. But from a Denver to a Columbus, Ohio, the cost of living is a fraction of a, a San Francisco Bay Area. Yeah. And when you start meeting people and they're like 60, 65 years old, and they've always had a roommate because they can't afford property. It's just, I was 16, you have a roommate? What? <laughs> I mean, it's a little, a little bit foreign to you, you know? <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you my, my story is I lived in a big sort of a startup house and there was like, I don't know. 12 people there, every <laughs> single person was a tech startup founder that had a that had a funded startup that has ra- raised anything from a million to two million dollars and everyone was <laughs> flatting together. 
Yeah. <laughs> it is a very different culture. <laughs> it's a very different culture. I don't know if you've seen the uh, the show Silicon Valley on HBO before. Yes, I, I had seen that before I'd gone I'd gone out there. And it was funny, like I, I liked the show. And then as soon as I moved there, I was like, yes. that's not made up. That's actually more of a reality show <laughs> than like a made-up show. Palo Alto, you're looking at these yes. houses, you're like, Okay, they start at two and a half million dollars, but that's yeah. twelve hundred square foot ranch, and yes. it hasn't been updated since the seventies. Yes. And nobody's ever thought about mowing the grass. Yeah, <laughs> very true. Yeah, yeah. Two, two to three million is is not that expensive. <laughs> no, it's not. Really. <laughs> yeah. But which is a different world. I just absolutely have no idea how people can <laughs> afford to live, and and that's why there's been a massive exodus in this last eight, nine months to Austin, Texas and Miami, Florida, where, where you are. Correct. I don't where know if you have right noticed. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. So with California, and this is just where I was like, okay, yes. I've had enough. And so most of my clients are in the Midwest, or if they're not in the Midwest, they're in Florida for the wintertime. But you just, you start to look at everything and it's just from gas, groceries, extremely expensive. Here in the U.S., the federal tax, just say the top tax bracket is 38% and you put California's tax on top of that, it's another 13%. And you're like, that's over 50% taxation. And California right now is talking about raising it to 18.8. If the Fed goes the way that they want and California goes the way that they want to, it's over 60% tax. That in California. Insane. That is Over absolutely 60% insane. It's it, there's only one, there's no state, there's only one. It's so it's size of a state in New Zealand, size of Colorado, population of Colorado, New Zealand. And so it's about 28% is the or something like that is the highest bracket. And that's it. There's nothing else. You know, Sam, <laughs> I hear like these terms and they're political, like, oh, you need to pay your fair share and this and that. And I'm like, all right, so if, if we want to use the term fair share, we're gonna go back to it's like me and my brother growing up with my mom. And and so if I got a candy bar and she says, I have to share it with my brother, I got to split it down the middle. And so I'm like, so you're not even saying split it down the middle. You're saying I need to break off a bigger chunk and give it to my brother. That's what's fair. And I'm like, wait a second. I think 50 is ridiculous. 60, come on. I mean, we're, this is just out of control. But But to your point. it's, It's the utilization of it. There is a lot of inefficiencies. That's how I see it. When other countries can do it with 25 and have a better budget and have a surplus and all those sort of things, the whole thing needs to be looked at. And it's the same thing with healthcare. It's like US is spending 20 20% 20% of GDP per person on like mm-hmm. on healthcare and it still has a decreasing life expectancy for last three years and <laughs> poor quality of life, all sorts of yeah. issues. It is absolutely insane. And other countries can spend five or 6% and get a better outcome. So, you know, of their GDP, how, how is that? Where is that going? And then I was talking with a VC who invests in healthcare space because of this. And he was saying like that 50 years ago, of the staff that you see would be frontline staff, nurses, Mm -hmm. doctors, janitors, helping people real, doing real work. Now with 80 and 20% was admin. Now it's 80% admin, only 20% frontline staff. There is, there is massive inefficiencies and, (laughs) but it's become a whole industrial complex of its own. So how do you disrupt it? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. And, And so many of my doctor friends too, they just, the quality of life, their their uh, job satisfaction, yes. and I'm talking about pre-COVID, so let's just brush that one off. Yeah. The amount of dissatisfaction I'd hear from them, because they're like, I can't practice medicine anymore. 
basically my, my days in compliance and administration, like you say, and it's just like, I didn't go to medical school for 13 years so I could play compliance all day, but that's what it is. And it's just, (laughs) and and they're just burnt out. They're, they're, they're just sick of it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's very interesting. Yeah. So tell me about what's next for your firm, for your brand over the next five years. Where do you see it going? And yeah, what's your plan? Actually, that's a great question. I love this because as I think about wealth management, I think that the industry is going to change just like a lot of industries. But I think that we're our businesses are going to go from looking like that traditional business where it's like, hey, there's these four financial advisors and a 10 support staff that are underneath them. I think it's going to look more like the consulting model where mm-hmm. there's teams of one, two, three, and then everything else is, is hired on demand. Because the great thing about technology is you can always now collaborate with the best in class minds. And the best in class mind is not necessarily in your office, in your city, or even in your country. Yeah, and, and so looking at these collaboration tools now is I think that financial advisory, there's going to be somebody who's always in charge of a relationship for a family or a family office. And it may be the wealth manager, it may be the CPA, but whoever that person is that's in charge, they're going to hire everybody else on that as needed type of basis. Because one of the one of the fastest growing trends in wealth management is actually the dissolution of the family office. And so although wealth creation across the world has just exploded and and there's been this huge separation in like wealth transfers, especially in the last year, what we're finding now is these families, and and I know these are big numbers, but between a hundred to $500 million, they're collapsing their family offices because there's a talent drain there. There, There's the service providers and the service professionals who typically work within that space. They're better off on working on their own than within that family office, because one, they make more money, but two, there's less career risk. So I could actually consult to those types of families and I could consult with 10 of those families and make two to three times the money, or I can work for one. One year we have bad results and I could get fired. Yeah. And so that's where you're seeing that, that collapse. So as I think about LeClaire Wealth Management and I think about our future, it's all about that consulting network. It's all about bringing the best in class resources to the families and just really trying to educate the marketplace. Because as you think about it, yes. wealth management has always pitched you on the opposite idea. Oh, we have our team and they have the wealth manager and they have the investment specialist and they have their banking yeah. specialist and they have this and that. You're paying for all that overhead but you don't need it every moment of every day. So it's a re-education on the marketplace, just like technology has done in so many other areas. Yeah. So you don't need exactly right. You don't need dedicated designer developer. If you're just going to use them 10 hours a month, you don't have to pay for the whole month. You just hire them on demand online. And now because of online, you can hire the best people in any knowledge industry. Yours is a knowledge and people industry. So any knowledge and people, yeah pretty much anywhere in the world. Absolutely. So as we uh, like circle back with the digital and the social tools that yes. um, I'm using, it's it was first one, bring build brand awareness. Now, number two, like this is project two and it's launching in the first yes. quarter. It's talking about these concepts and starting to get people to think about wealth management in a different way. So how can you create what I call the virtual family office. How can you create that for yourself? Get the best in class ideas. So one of my little slogans is you don't have to settle for good enough yes. because you can have more. 
Yeah. But for most people, they just don't know that they could have more. And if they don't know what they should expect with it. And hence, that's where our educational programs come in. That is absolutely fantastic. There there are these three questions that I ask everyone. And that is, is there a book that you're reading right now? Yeah, actually, I'm I'm only on page two. It's Matthew McConaughey's uh, biography. And the reason why (laughs) (laughs) my my partner in podcasting, his name's Carson Jones. And and Carson is such a fun guy. And he came and he stayed. He and his his girlfriend, they they came and they stayed with us last weekend. And he pulls the book out. Steve, you got to read this. You know, yeah. and he's a little hippie-ish. And so I think the book's going to have a little hippie-ish tone. So I think it's going to be Carson's subtle way of telling, hey, Steve, sometimes you got to slow down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's good. It's good. It is It is highly recommended. I have heard a, a lot of it as in like audio format for, and from Matthew McConaughey. He's yeah. been on so many podcasts, pretty much telling. So I've heard like three hours or four <laughs> hours of that already. And I, I know the whole thing, what he's written about. It's good. It's, you'll enjoy it. It's, it's a good one. Good. And is there a um, podcast or YouTube channel that you follow? Actually, no on the YouTube. On the podcast, there's several different ones. So real AF, that's, that's a lot fun. of fun. Everybody likes Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan's on yes. a different level in podcasting than everybody else. But the way that he is able to capture and control the conversation, there's a lot for us to all learn. Absolutely. And then there's some like industry specific ones. But to be very frank, Sam, is I'm constantly just picking and choosing like a new one. The fun thing about Me podcasting, too. we all get to know each other. Yes. And so I'll listen to one or two episodes with your title. Something will sound interesting. I'll listen to a couple yes. of yours. I'll go on somebody else's or I'll have them as a guest. I'll listen to a couple of theirs because again, I'm interested in who you are, but then I'm trying to learn from you. So how yeah. can I take some of your techniques and how can I take some of the things that I really like from you and yeah. shape them into my own? That's great. Final one. And that is if you had unlimited time, resources and money, what would you build or what would you work on? That's funny, Sam. You could ask my my partner and she will actually answer this for you. I love what I do. And I, I do a little bit of work like every day and it's always on my mind because the one thing that I really enjoy about the wealth management business is and this is what how this parlayed into the the podcast. I enjoy the personal relationships. I enjoy the stories of the people. And when you're able to make a connection with a family and you have a seat at their table yes. and you always have a seat at their table, it's very special. And so as I think about my future and where I want to grow this, I've been very fortunate and I'm very blessed to be invited into those people's families and to be one of their trusted advisors. Sometimes I laugh because generally in wealth management, most of your clients are one generation older than you. So I say in a lot of circumstances, I'm like the third son, yes. you know, or I'm like the fifth child. I just don't happen to be on the beneficiary line on the forms, but it's like you, you just have this kind of tight knit relationship with the family. And if you notice, I, I just said families quite a bit there. And yeah. when I think about my wealth management business, I think of it in terms of family trees and the ideal situation when it comes to a family tree, we have lots of branches on the tree. So we have aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters, the, the matriarch, the patriarch, in some circumstances, we have just a sole trunk, but yes. in general, what we're trying to build out is that family tree. Yeah, that is, yeah, that's great. Finally, do you have ask? are you looking for anything? Team members, customers, employees, anything? 
Yeah, actually, I'm looking for best in class ideas. I'm, I'm looking for, I'm always trying to improve my um, clients' lives, but I'm trying to improve this business too. And yeah. my little obsessive compulsive nature, when you ask if I had un, unlimited resources, is I, I want to build a scale type of model. And we do have so much inquiry that's coming in through these social media tools yes. that I, I always made this promise to everybody. I'll help anybody who asks for help. It doesn't mean that I'm ultimately the person for them, but I could point them to the right person if yes. somebody else's skill sets needed. And so as I start to think about the scalability, it's almost like I need somebody in my life now to start helping me think through this and mentor me on how do we make that promise, but I don't dilute my time. So I'm always focused on the big idea or the big project that's that's due next. But then there's other people that, that can deliver on this promise of oh, this person needs help, but this shouldn't go in front of Steve today. This should go in front of somebody else. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Super valuable. Thank you so much for your time. What I'll do is I'll put all the links to you and your social profile and everything that you do in the description underneath this, wherever this goes, whether it's Instagram or TikTok or podcast or Apple, nice. <laughs> anywhere. Yeah, that's great. Thank you, Steve, for all your time and everything that you do. I'm sure you're making a lot of difference to lots and lots of families. <laughs> Hey, Sam, I really enjoyed it. It was a pleasure. I love the energy and thank you. It, it truly is just an honor to be on the show with you. That's great. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Want Money, Got Money with Sam Kamani. Hope you enjoyed the show and got some valuable insights that would help you in your startup or your business. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate this show on your favorite platform. It would be extremely helpful and I just cannot tell you how much I would appreciate that.